The Panthers' vice president of stadium operations, Scott Paul, was green as a gourd when he first joined John Richardson's staff in the early days of stadium construction. And Paul learned some key lessons from his first boss. He was my first mentor. He was always interested in you, never wanted to talk about him. I mean, just just as good as you can get, a human being. From those humble beginnings to the man in charge of the stadium, let's visit with Scott Paul next on the podcast. 25 seasons of Panthers football, a celebration of the players, coaches, and other people who have contributed to the organizational success. Now to Mick Mixon. In the early days, the stadium was named Erickson Stadium. Then it became Bank of America Stadium, but those are just economic concerns. The stadium really should be named Scott Paul Stadium because no one person has done more to, to get it built, to get it upfitted, to see that it operates smoothly than our guest on the podcast, our vice president of stadium operations, Scott Paul, who's been here since what day? Day one, Scott? No, actually 1996. So right before we got our, our certificate of occupancy for the, the stadium here, I was not with the team when we played down in Clemson. How did you get the gig? Uh, I was actually at the University of Georgia, and um, I needed to do a practicum to finish up my degree. Uh, everybody at University of Georgia wanted to work at the University of Georgia, so there's a ton of competition. I wanted to work there too. Um, but I just started putting out feelers. And um, at the time, the stadium was under construction. John Richardson at the time needed uh, to build a staff. And he interviewed 10 people one day. And I was the last person to be interviewed, and the other guy that got the job was the first person to be interviewed. And we, we came on as, as seasonal interns, and we had to earn a job, and we both did, and the rest is history. What qualities do you felt like you brought from the University of Georgia to, to Charlotte in those days? Um, th- there's a funny story about <clears throat> um, Chris Polian, who was Bill's son at the time when the team uh, was here, um, they asked him what his quality was to, to, to be in football operations. And he said, I, I, I know when to order pepperoni or cheese. Um, when, when we were sitting down with John to interview, he was, he's pulling out his calendar and he said, when are you available? And I said, well, here's my finals. I could be available the next day. And he said, great, we're moving into the stadium starting that, that day. And so the qualities were, I needed to be able to lift heavy things. That, that's it. <laughs> Let's talk about John Richardson for a bit. Mr. Richardson's oldest son, who uh, passed away very tragically, of course, had a, a thigh moment, which is a cancer of the pleura, a lining of the lung. Uh, he had the gift of humility, right? I mean, for all of his successes, you couldn't get him to hold still long enough to receive a compliment. What, what, do you, what was your relationship like with, with John Richardson? Uh, well, he, he was my first mentor. It, it was not my first job. Um, I worked, I had a couple different jobs before I ended up going to the University of Georgia, but um, uh, he was my first mentor. He was always interested in you, never wanted to talk about him, and that was before, you know, his health issues and after his health issues. I mean, just, just as good as you can get, a human being. Um, people still ask me about him today. Uh, they always remember that uh, he went out of his way to help them or to speak to them. Or uh, Ryan Petrus uh, has worked here at the stadium for years and does a phenomenal job with our guest relations program. He tells a story about he was, he was moving tables off a freight elevator um, his first year there, and John walked by and just stopped what he was doing, 
to help him get everything off the freight elevator. I mean, that's just the kind of guy John was. And, and um, I mean, I've, have a few, I've had a few good mentors here um, uh, working with the Panthers, but he was, he was one of the best, and, and uh, we miss him a lot. Did you talk to him much, Scott Paul, after he got sick? I did. I stayed in touch with him um, regularly because that was his baby, right? He was integrally involved in, this, in the building of that stadium, um, we, we talked regularly. Uh, he was always interested in new events that we were bringing to the stadium or what construction we were working on coming up next and had lunch with them periodically. And, and um, yeah, I, yeah that, that was a tough day when he decided to retire. An amazing human being, John Richardson, a hugely important part of the history of our franchise. Scott Paul, Vice President, Stadium Ops, our guest on the podcast. Your job, Scott, strikes me as sort of a physician and your one patient is this stadium. Is there ever a time when you're not on call? No, I think you have to be uh, in this business, um, and and it's so much more than than events, right? I mean, something could happen in the middle of the night. Um, there's you know security issues. There's plumbing fixture leaks or pipes breaking or uh, you know <laughs> events at different hours. Um, but I think that's just the nature of the business, and you just you live with it. When the stadium was being built, was it always going to be here in this spot? You know, that's a good question. Um, so I'm probably not the best person to ask about that. I know a little bit about, um, you know, they, they looked at the Speedway area. Uh, they looked in, uh, in South Carolina, they, and they looked in this area. And I think Mr. Richardson ultimately decided on this location because he wanted, he wanted the best fan experience that, that our fans could get. He wanted an easy way to get into the to the stadium. He wanted an easy way for fans to get out. Uh, the proximity to 277 and I-77 made that happen. Our dump times still can, you know, are, are 45 minutes to 50 minutes, even when everybody stays towards the end of the game. So it was a great decision on his part, I think. Um, uh, it's I think it spurred a lot of economic activity down in uptown Charlotte. When I got here, uh, this place closed down at 530, and, and – it was a ghost town uptown, and and uh, I think the Panthers building here was was a catalyst um, partially to what's happening in uptown, which is spectacular today. Was there anything buried underground, any Indian uh, artifacts or transmission fluid or anything that you guys found when the stadium was being built? Uh, I, again, I, I you know I, I think I was in San Diego when we started construction here, not even at the University of Georgia yet, but. I know. I know. When they finished, they buried a lot of construction materials. <laughs> yeah, that always uh, happens outside the stadium, which has caused us issues. Um, you know, some of our hospitality areas with drainage and such. But you know, I'm not aware of, of much. I know. Um, uh, you know, we did run into some 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 rock. Um, we we which we had some great pictures of where we ran into some granite uh, underneath the field. Um, and and when we had to do field work, those. We, we went back to those pictures from 94, 95 to, to rebuild the fields. So that, that was, I mean, I think Charlotte's just built on a bunch of granite. Yeah, that's very cool. Scott Paul, our guest on the, uh, the show. What are the challenges, Scott, of an in-town, an uptown stadium? Well, I, I think we've always, we've always recognized the, the financial impact of, of building here, right? Um, if, you, if you would have built up at uh, the Speedway area, uh, you could have had, uh, you know, 20,000 parking spaces, the revenue associated with it. 
the uh, the game day experience that comes with uh, the traditional football tailgate. Uh, and, and from a financial standpoint, that's really hindered us um, over the years, not having that. Um, it's, a, it's a massive challenge for us, year, even year over year, um, getting uh, you know, 4,200 people here to come and work and where do they park and how do we shuttle them in. And, and then, of course, the fans, right? The fans have to – I mean, surface parking lots are going away in mm-hmm. the uptown area. And, um, and structured parking's becoming more of the game day experience. And so we've, we, we always talk about – how do we capture that um, that experiential piece for the fans since they're parking in a structured parking deck and have to walk to the stadium? What can we do? And, and there's a lot of people in this organization have done a lot of great things from hospitality, uh, you know, the kids combine, um, the atrium dome that we're programming now. And I mean, a lot of people in this organization are trying to give uh, these fans a place to go to celebrate, you know, that tailgate experience before kickoff. Scott Paul, VP of Stadium Ops. When I first started working here, and for some years after, there was this one little strip of land that had a hedgerow around. Yeah, tell tell about that. Yeah, so um, the Efer property was uh, right there at the corner of of Graham and and uh, and Mint Street, and um, it was a piece of of land of property that that the city um, couldn't acquire uh, prior to construction, and so. Um, why couldn't they acquire it? You know, I, I think, I think the cost, the cost was too great from what the the landowner was was asking for, and it just became um, something that continued to to become um, a thorn, I think, in in Mr. Richardson's side and Richard Thigpen's side at the time of our attorney, and um, so so we, I think, at some point during the construction progress pro, uh, project, they just assumed that this this wasn't going to happen, and. I think anybody who's come to Panther Stadium knows that we, we, we our, our landscape is very important to us, the tree canopy, the flowers. So we put a, a big old wax myrtle around the fence, and um, it took a long time to grow up. And I, I remember a funny story uh, back then in 96 um, that the San Francisco 49ers were our big uh, nemesis, right? We were in the NFC West, and and um, the the uh, – the Efert family put a sign up there in the middle of it that said for sale. And uh, next thing you know, that picture was circulating around the building. And Mr. Richson has sent Carmen Policy a note saying, we give up. Um, we're going to sell the team because we can't beat you. <laughs> oh, wow. And, uh, um, but anyways, fast forward to, um, gosh, 15 years later, um, Richard had maintained a, a relationship with the Efert family. We were getting ready to uh, undergo you know, $175 million renovation project. And that piece of uh, property became uh, really necessary for us to add that vertical circulation we did with the escalators. And um, we were able to acquire the property. And um, now it's just a beautiful, um, you know, plaza area out there, uh, our Legends Row. And uh, we were able to push out 28 feet, add those escalators, and really improve the game day experience for our fans. Scott's humble, like John Richardson. It's hard to get him to uh, to accept the, the the compliments on anything, but he's done amazing. How did, how was it that you and your staff uh, put that renovation on your shoulders and made it happen, Scott? Well, you you can't do it with 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 our staff, right? It took a, a lot of people, um, great partners, architects, builders. Um, Jackie Slavetsky uh, was critical to the success of the project who still works um, on our on our construction projects today. 
Um, good coordination, time. Yeah, you have to have the time to do it. You're, you're typically working on the previous, you know, the next year's project in the year that you're working um, during football season, so that you're ready to go um, January one or January fifteenth, whenever we could do it. Um, but really, you know, just a lot of good contractors, good vendors, good people working on that project to to get that done in five years. A couple last questions for you. Mr. Tepper, David Tepper, our, our, new, our new owner, current owner, has been very open about uh, his desire to bring soccer here. Looks like it's going to happen. How will that change your job and what the stadium looks and feels like? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I think um, I've started to do a little bit of work to understand what that's going to look like. And and so we just had uh, some folks um, uh, do an overlay of, of what – February through October would look like for um, the, the Atlanta United and Falcons, for Seattle Seahawks Sounders, and for uh, I'm trying to think the third one. Anyways, just just what that impact looks like from an MLS scheduling standpoint, if we're fortunate enough to get the team, an NFL scheduling standpoint, and then where are the gaps that we can fill in during those busy busy times for other events? Um, Dave's been very clear. This is an asset. Bank of America Stadium, we want to program it. We want to program it for the community. Um, we've got a very exciting 2020 without that MLS um, scheduling uh, component, um, but we're going to have to deal that that hopefully in the very, very near future. But um, it is going to be busy, um, busy with, uh, you know, 17 to 20 soccer games, 10 football games. We'll still do our college football, international soccer, you know, a few concerts in between there. So it's exciting, exciting times. What's on your wish list for the stadium moving forward? Oh, gosh. That's a good question. Um, Everybody at home going, well, new kitchen, new bathroom. That's what I want for my house. Well, yeah, I think we have to react, right? We have to react to what's coming and what's potentially coming. So we're waiting. We're waiting to see what happens with MLS. And and, and it's funny you say we do need a kitchen if we're going to – if we're going to program uh, additional premium spaces, which we're looking at um, for the future, we're going to need that. If we're going to if we're going to do more events on our club level, we're going to need something like that. Um, I love the stadium. It's a great stadium. Uh, it's a bowl. It gets loud. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot to really improve the fan experience. So there's not a lot on the wish list other than, hey, let's figure out how to do different and exciting events, right? And I think – our fans are going to see that in 2020. Sounds awesome. Last thing we'll let you go. Scott Paul, our guest on the show, Vice President, Stadium Ops. You've done so much since you've been here, Scott, and a lot yet to do. But of, of what that you've accomplished, are you most proud? Well, uh, I think there's a couple things. So um, we, we, um, we were fortunate enough to be selected in 2012 to – to uh, host the Democratic National Convention. And uh, that was a massive, massive undertaking for the city, for the stadium, for our staff. Um, uh, we were ready when, when ultimately they made the decision to, to cancel the stadium and move to Time Warner. So it's actually my biggest regret also. So that's one. Um, it was a lot of fun doing, working with uh, that group, working with the city, watching the city come together um, for a massive, massive event. Um, and then there was the NFC Championship game. Um, we are not good at removing snow.
from this stadium. We've only had to do it a couple times. And right before the NFC Championship game, we've got we got um, you know 15 inches of snow and ice, and uh, it was just really satisfying coming to just seeing how our staff pulled together. We didn't really know what we were doing, but we had an idea how to do it. Um, we even had people from the Speedway calling to ask if we needed help, and 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 they helped us. And 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 getting that stadium ready for the best Panther event in in our history, and a win was probably the best, um, you know, satis- most satisfying experience. And and it's it's interesting, the people that still work with us today in stadium operations talk about that today and how we came together and the challenges of that. We're not we're not set up like Lambo has all that snow today and yesterday. They have chute systems. It's easy for them to move snow out of the building. We don't have any of that and we just had to figure it out. In the south a chute system is uh shoot, what are we gonna do with all this snow? <laughs> That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. Different. Probably said something different than shoot. <laughs> I know, yeah we might, but not not on the podcast <laughs> yeah. here. Talking with us from Scott Paul Stadium has been Scott Paul, Vice President of Stadium Ops. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, thank you. We'll continue our historical perspective of the first quarter century of Panther football next time right here on the podcast.